Why do we love our loyal and true guys like Jenny Bawal so much? Why is Mike Boynton driving the Big 12 basketball struggle bus in Stillwater? And why is the NCAA once again beginning the crap fest that they love so much? At least it's not the clown show of Mark Emmer anymore. This time, by way of Elmira, New York, Needham, Massachusetts, coming in at six foot six, 245 pounds, new NCAA president Charlie Baker begins the next round of stupidity by the NCAA. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you, Cali, for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at All Day of State. Today, we're partially brought to you by the crap fest that is, in fact, coming down the pipe from the NCAA. So now we need to. Uh, dive into how can this be saved how can this be managed because anyone who's grown up as a massive fan of college football has loved the process of seeing a kid come in as a freshman and then watching him develop for a couple years right maybe red shirt see the field a little bit and then all of a sudden as a junior maybe even a senior they're a starter potentially an all big 12 guy putting themselves in the position to go to the nfl but NIL and the transfer market has changed that. And the NCAA decided to sit idly by when Miami and AM and all these other schools were deciding to bat, drop massive bags of cash with no repercussions, no bumpers, no side rails, no protections in the future either. And then you have to have some of the state officials like governors, in, in fact, to get involved in this stuff. The NCAA had an opportunity to put guardrails on this thing. They did not. So this is what has prompted people like Greg Sankey to say that the NCAA is actually not all that necessary. He's had conversations in regards to potentially moving on from the NCAA and hiring their, their our own third-party body to kind of um, run things because it would be a lot smoother. At least in the beginning, it would be a lot less biased. Because let's face it, the NCAA is a sham of an organization. We know that good and daggone well as Oklahoma State fans, which is precisely why we're making this video right here. Now, if you haven't heard, the new president for the NCAA who took over from Mark Emmert, who was a disaster, is now contemplating having a new subdivision. And let's put this into perspective. Between the FBS and the FCS with Division I and below, there's like 261 collegiate programs that play this beautiful game that we all still love, even though it is changing dramatically and it is becoming a little bit more difficult to love the entirety of it because of all the new faces and all the new changes and all the new worries and concerns. Well, now there's another one. Out of 261 football teams under this new subdivision, you're cutting out like 200 schools from viability, from legitimacy. Now, I get it. 
there is some validity in the fact that, well, nobody wants to watch, you know, Vanderbilt play Wake Forest. Nobody wants to watch the last place team in the Big 12 play the 12th place team in the Big 12. That, that seems to be the common consensus, which I kind of agree with that. But under this new guideline, nine Big 12 schools are gone. The requirements are $100 million a year plus, and we do meet that threshold at 100.4. So we're, we're right on the edge. But I think we've also proven that we're one of the brands that you can't kick to the curb. So this actually doesn't even necessarily pertain directly to Oklahoma State because the Big 12 schools that would qualify for the new division would be Oklahoma State, Arizona, Arizona State, Kansas, TCU. And I think maybe even Baylor. That's it. Everybody else does not meet the requirement. Texas Tech was close, but they wouldn't meet the requirement. So as realignment continues to shift, now there's cause for a pause. Because if this does happen, and unfortunately, you know, this is kind of the way things are leaning, which is fine. My point is, why are we allowing the NCAA to dictate any of it? The NCAA is a sham. They are extremely biased. They only go after the smaller schools. So once again, if this does happen, and it does separate the haves from the have-nots, even if you're in the group of the haves, like we fortunately appear to be, it's still going to be a massive, Massive problem, in my opinion, for the love of college football, right? But why do we all tune in to watch those Vanderbilt versus Boston College style games? Because usually they have a dude or two. And, and, and we do love upsets. We do love Cinderella stories. I mean, heck, look at Oklahoma State this season, making it all the way to the Big 12 title. That was a Cinderella story. If we'd won that game and been in the New York Six game, then obviously the Cinderella story would be pushed to a national audience a little bit more. But that's our objective here is to try to help that. But you guys let me know down in the comments section what you think about all this. Even though Oklahoma State does appear to be above that threshold and we would be safe, do you think this is good for the game of college football? I don't. I really do not. So I'm hoping that our fearless leader, Brett Yormark, who has been so innovative on ways to enhance the profile of the Big 12, the legitimacy of the Big 12, the future viability of the Big 12, to now find a way to make another move. Now, my thought always was it would end up with three main conferences with like 20 teams a pop. And I still think that's probably the best way to go. I mean, let's face it, guys. It would be a travesty. To see teams like Kansas State and Texas Tech and BYU not being able to compete at the next level. I mean, even Iowa State is a really good ball club, and they proved it this year. They were kind of a Cinderella story to some degree as well. Matt Campbell, Mike Gundy rose their team from the ashes. So it would be a complete crap fest for this to happen. I think that it's better for all of college football to have some guardrails, of course. But I don't think 
that the NCAA should be allowed to touch any of it. This is now a business. These guys are now essentially employees. I guess a bright side to this new division of like 60 schools at max would be that they do get some like further down the road money, right? Kind of like a trust fund type of thing from the university, not just from like the NIL donors and things of that nature. It would kind of become a conglomerate together. That idea is not bad, but the rest of it is complete crap. Do would we all like to see more Michigan, Georgia's, Oklahoma State, Oregon's, Oklahoma State, Bama's? Well, we're about to get all that anyways, because they're on the schedule, as is Arkansas. So this idea that you know we need tougher scheduling and all that—it's it, not—it's not true, right? They just proved it, predicated upon the teams they put in the Final Four. You're telling me that Alabama's win over Chattanooga is more impressive than Florida State's win over Clemson? Florida State's win even over Miami? No. Florida State, if they were to you know, have another matchup against Boston College, it doesn't matter. It's still bigger than the crap that they pretend they use. It's a sham. Brett Yolmock knows it. Greg Sankey knows it. So now it's time to do something about it. Instead of letting them dictate the further potential destruction of the game of football that we all grew up knowing and loving, put this dude in his place and have him go back to New York or Massachusetts or whatever and hang out with uh, you know his, his, his tea-sipping buddies. He doesn't need a job because the NCAA doesn't do anything beneficial to student-athletes anymore. All they do is punish universities for minor things just so they look like they still have some governance. They still have some clout. They still have some pull. And we allow this to happen. Not us as fans, but there are people that can help the game of football without the NCAA. So why do we, why do we let them do this? Why do we, as universities... Let the NCAA continue to pretend they do anything beneficial. All right. Um, speaking of things in life that are beneficial, if you haven't checked out Jace Medical, what are you waiting for? Don't put, a, don't put it off. Don't pull a Cody. Have 24-7 emergency medications and medical things that you need in life at your disposal. And Jace Medical is going to do that for you. Guys, we all know that we all come to sports to kind of escape, right? From the crazy realities that are life. That's our time on, on Saturdays that we can just tune out for a few hours. Well, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season. So you got to be prepared, right? I cannot imagine a more helpless feeling than not having the ability because of supply chain issues or other disasters going on in the country to get the medications I need. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, amongst others. Why would you not want this benefit in your life for you and your family? Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. 
It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It is never more important to be prepared than today. Don't pull a Cody. Don't get caught flat-footed, one-footed, no-footed. Go to jasonmedical.com. Make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, to get $20 off your first order. Again, jasonmedical.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to get $20 off. All right. So now we get to step into the land of uh, uh, which is Oklahoma State men's basketball. Thank goodness we went to the Big 12 title game. Thank goodness we got a bowl game coming up, a, a decent bowl game against a pretty decent ball club that's going to have a lot of eyeballs from a recruiting commitment style perspective. All things that are very beneficial. But then, but then, we move on to basketball. I mean, we'll cover a lot of, you know, the recruiting and commitment style of stuff and the transfer portal, of course. But I would like for the meat and taters of basketball season to be fun. But it ain't looking like it's going to be that way. So if we came into this season, and guys, we've been having this conversation. We're, what, it's, it's December. So I'm a year. Oh, I'm actually just like a week over a year. In this job, I totally forgot. So here we are a year into this thing. And a year ago, we had conversations about the coaches on campus that were safe. Dave Smith, you just won a national championship. So track and cross country, we're good there. I know we got a, you know, upgrade in, in tennis and we got some pretty big time guys coming in. So our coaching is safe there. I don't think Alan Bratton, the golf coach, should be safe. He's not living up to our standards. Mike Holder should probably go throw punch that dude repeatedly until he gets it figured out or get rid of him and find a new golf coach. John Smith, the best, greatest living legend on campus. John Smith makes Mike Gundy look kind of small in comparison to everything he's accomplished. But going from always winning national titles to always being you know competitive for a national title, top three, to then top seven, to then top 17, to then top 30. The regression for Oklahoma State Wrestling is no bueno. But with the hiring of Coleman Scott to come in to replace Zach Esposito, after Coleman Scott was the head coach at North Carolina, clearly it indicates that John Smith is understanding of where we are. And he's also understanding that he's got to put something in place as a just-in-case clause. So good for Dave, or I'm sorry, John Smith, to do that, right? To put something in motion just in case. Now, he did have one of his greatest recruiting classes of all time. So I'm very positive he wants to see how this season definitely shakes out, as do we all. And if Mike Gundy couldn't have got it turned around, it was definitely time if he was refusing to potentially move on. And now we got to talk about Mike Boynton. Of what? J.C. Hoyt's safe. Kenan Gajewski's safe. I figure I'd, I'd have to add those two. Colin Carmichael's soccer. I think he's pretty safe as well. But Mike Boynton. This is turning into, if it hasn't already become this, a Travis Ford 2.0 scenario. Really good recruiter. We keep having 
one of the best classes in Oklahoma State history. And again, this is a very historically rich and proud basketball tradition with a couple national titles under our belt. Growing up, going to the Final Four, Elite Eight was expected. Packing Gallagher Iba with 13,200 plus all the time was not only expected, but it happened. So last year, we ripped, hoot, and hollered up and down about the attendance and Gallagher Iba being disrespectful to the legends like Eddie and Henry. It's outright embarrassing what the attendance has become at Gallagher Iba. But there was a, a couple games that we sold out last year. And they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go well. And now we have this season. We knew we were going to be young, right? But Javon Small goes off and drops 25 points. For what? For another loss. We are 3-5 and five in basketball. And we haven't even contemplated touching Big 12 play yet. So if Chad Weiberg, we now know, does have the uh, intestinal fortitude, a.k.a. cojones, to have these uncomfortable but unfortunately very necessary meetings of it's time to poop or get off the pot. That meeting needs to happen. If it already hasn't happened. Now, I'll be real with you. I don't have the basketball ties that I do in football. So I don't know. I really don't know if this meeting's happened or not. I know that it, it should happen. Do we have to give this thing a chance to turn around? Yes, because four of our five losses have all been by like, you know, two, three, four points. So we've had opportunities to win these games. We very well could be seven and one if we score a couple more buckets or get a couple more stops. But again, close but no cigar is great. It's great if you're just you know, trying to rebuild. But that's not where we are. We're in year seven. With one of the top recruiting classes in Oklahoma State history. And we can't find a way to win. Guys, it used to be that everybody, blue blood or not, feared coming into Gallagher-Iba Arena. No matter what KU was ranked, they did not enjoy coming into Gallagher-Iba, and you would think Bill Self, being a cowboy, would give them a little bit of an advantage, but they lose in GIA quite a bit. Historically speaking, coming to Gallagher-Iba Arena was like 90% a loss. It didn't matter who you are, even the, the Kevin Durant-Texas squads, right? It didn't matter. Even with the Blake Griffin-OU basketball squads, coming to Gallagher-Iba was... Not fun. So we've got plenty of guys on staff with head coaching experience, including a former Sutton. Well, I know. I'm sorry. A Sutton, former ORU coach. Okay. So if we need to make a move, I think that we actually have the interim guys to at least maintain what we're doing now, which is losing. Losing close is cool. Horseshoes and hand grenades, right? So what when do we when do we make this move? Because it's gonna take a pretty heroic Herculean effort from Mike Boynton to turn this thing around. But again, 
We're going to get a little bit more time because we're just we're barely losing. At least it's that. We're not getting our head kicked in. But if we can't get this thing rolling and get hot, like super hot in Big 12 play, we are in rebuild mode. Going into potentially year eight of Mike Boynton. And the reason we've given him so many passes thus far is because he's a phenomenal recruiter. The kids absolutely love him. He's really good at retention of some of the priority guys. He's really good on campus. He's really good with students. He's really good with kids and camps and recruits and commits. But he's not really good at execution. Right? So is it time now? When do we wait? Do we wait till after the season? I think that's likely what what we'll do. We're not a we're not a big fire people mid season school. We're just not, right? We don't hardly ever ever do that, regardless of kind of the situation. It's not really our mo. So I'm gonna assume we're gonna give him the entire year. But if we're worried about Galgar Iba attendance now, if we keep playing like this coming into Big Twelve play, knowing we have virtually zero shot at making the tournament. Why would we? Why would we wait? It just, it didn't make sense to me. He's had plenty, plenty, plenty of time. These are all his guys. But we're just, we're getting really, really good at losing. And it shouldn't happen. Oklahoma State basketball should never be in a position that it's in. But here we are. Two coaches in a row. Technically a few coaches in a row. From being what we know we should be. From being what we know we've always been. We have to restore the pride in Oklahoma State basketball and Gallagher-Iba again. Somehow, some way, someday. And if we keep this up, it might need to be sooner rather than later. <clears throat> All right, y'all. If you're looking to, uh, you know, perform your capitalization, Van Duel is your ticket. Weather's getting colder, but the NFL offers allow you to stay hot because the deals are hot. Right now, our new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That is 150 bones back if your team wins off of any $5 money line. If you have been contemplating joining FanDuel, there's not a better time to get in on the action. Get in now while the getting is good because the NFL action is pretty impressive this season. You know the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options. From the NFL specifically, you can pick the conference champions or division champions, mind you, who's going to win the Super Bowl, and everything else from the MVP and on. At FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, you're going to kick off your NFL money-making season the right way. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, all one word. Go to FanDuel now. It is the official partner of the NFL. So as you have recently seen, K-State offensive coordinator Colin Klein has decided to take his talents to none other than Aggie Aggieland, College Station, Texas. 
Ironically enough, the team we're about to play in the bowl game. Yeah. Do they think them hiring Colin Klein is going to help them win the game? Maybe. I don't know what they think. I don't really care what Texas A&M thinks or feels or does. But it allowed me another instance of appreciation. Because we have discussed, even when I was on the Gundy's Gotta Go bandwagon, that nobody can attest to the fact that J.W. Walsh, you know, Coach Wozniak, Benny Tonga, Rochetti Jones, Coach Hammerschmidt, Duffy, these are guys that have been here for a while. Even Casey Dunn, who's a disaster of an offensive coordinator, but, I mean, he's been here well over a decade. That's something that, that, that Gundy was able to build. And even though we may have lost traction a bit, it appears as though we got it back on track. And yes, I understand the idea that Colin Klein is going to other places to learn different systems from different coaches and kind of, you know, expand his profile. But does anybody think that somebody like a J.W. Walsh, who's an alum, who wants to be a head coach of Oklahoma State one day, do y'all think he would go take a lateral position? Actually, you know what? I take that back. It's not lateral because Texas A&M is a significantly less lesser job right now than Kansas State. So I understand he wants to spread his wings and learn more, do more, so on and so forth. But I don't like it. I think it's a bad look for K-State. I think it's a bad look for Colin Klein. And it makes me more appreciative of our guys like that because the loyal and true nature that Oklahoma State fans live by and a lot of alums live by, it's what's going to allow Oklahoma State to continue this run of success, even post Mike Gundy. And I do firmly believe that after what Mike Gundy was able to do this season, I highly doubt he's going to retain Casey Dunn as the OC. And I don't really think Casey Dunn would be willing to take a demotion. Now, you could uh, argue that Casey Dunn should have already been fired. Matter of fact, it shouldn't be an argument. It's, we all know it should have already happened. We assume that the simplicity offensively and the more running-oriented oriented attack would help Casey Dunn. Having Mike Gundy's involvement over the summer would help Casey Dunn, and it did not. It, it, it is what it is. But other than Casey Dunn, Charlie Dickey, boom, looked great, saved his career. Coach McIndoo, I don't say he looked great, but thanks to guys like Josiah Johnson, I think he definitely saved his job at Oklahoma State. But I really firmly believe that a guy like J.W. Walsh would not go take, you know, a running back or quarterback job at um, an A&M or Mizzou. I just don't because it, it's a nonsensical move. And if his idea is to go you know, spread his wings and learn this other stuff, pretty sure that Kansas State already stole him from a college in Iowa. So it's not like he hasn't had other stops already, just like JW. Just like Mike Gunny said, hey, you know, you need to make a couple stops. So he did. And now he's back. And unless it's an upgrade, he ain't going to go anywhere. Unless it's like an OC job, 
or, or a co-OC. I, I just I don't see it. Because he bleeds orange, and he's probably more loyal and true to Oklahoma State than Colin Klein is to Kansas State. Now, if you're a K-State person, let me know down in the comment section where I may be wrong here. But from my view, Oklahoma State having so many coaches that have been here for nine years, 11 years, 12 years, 14 years, it is beneficial. And it does show that if you're a recruit or a potential commit, especially now that we have this new reinvigorated Mike Gundy, that Oklahoma State is the place to be, especially in the Big 12. So thank you to guys like J.W. and Benny and Rossetti and Waz and Hammer and Duffy and Tracy Wallace for making Oklahoma State a little bit different, for making this job a little bit different, which is yet another reason why I do think if we return what I think is going to be about 80% of the roster, we can be very selective in the transfer portal. We don't have to reach. We don't have to grasp. We can only specifically bring in guys that really want to be here that we know will instantaneously compete and provide value. And it's because of the consistency and the continuity of the guys we have on staff that are more loyal and true to Oklahoma State than most everybody else. Kansas State is very comparable to O-State. But maybe maybe not quite as solid in the coaching staff room as Oklahoma State. Tis what it is, baby. All right, y'all. I reckon that's all we're going to have for this one right here. You know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked on Oklahoma State. I know you could be anywhere, so happy that you choose to be here. All right, y'all. Later, T.